1: Welcome to another episode of the streaky lawn podcast once again my name is Pearson I've got a usual crew with me uh, today we've got Caroline hello
2: hey what's up how's it going it's going great how are you I'm hanging in there you know all
0: right Matt how are <laughs> you doing doing excellent the weather's just wonderful in New York today shorts and t-shirts it's fantastic
1: Oh, uh, we've got a lot to talk about for sure. Uh, we haven't uh, had a podcast in the past three basketball games, so plenty to discuss there, uh, you know, the who's They took care of business against uh, the Hokies, which is nice to see. I think we, we're all sort of half <laughs> expecting it, but being a little uh, trepidatious in our optimism as we have uh, been burned before, but they uh, blew them out. I mean, Tech uh, at the time rock, ranked top 10. Uh, I don't know that they're a top 10 team or if that just sort of speaks to the quality of the like fifth to 15th best uh, teams in the country. I think you can make an argument either way, uh, but certainly Virginia at home um, make them look terrible terrible uh so that was a fun time uh darns what stuck out to you about that performance i know it's a few games ago so trying to think back (laughs) to that that jpj uh blowout
2: that was a showcase of the offense like we have consistently seen really good defensive games and they did have have success shutting down basically everything that tech wanted to do um but when you go 10 for 14 from three in the first half um it's fun like it was really hard not to just enjoy that game and I I agree with the trepidation coming into it because it's always going to be like that when you play tech especially since they were the only ACC loss last year and they do have some talented players in Justin Robinson and especially Nikhil Alexander-Walker um And I think you see what happens when they're not on the court a la against Carolina on Monday night where they got destroyed in like a 20 to nothing run Mm -hmm. once those two went to the bench with foul trouble. So they have players. They're not probably quite as good as people maybe were thinking to start the season. They had a little bit of an inflated, um, I don't know, but they, people thought more of them than they probably are because of some of their non-conference play. Um, but it's still a good win regardless. Uh, and just to see like the offense was so contagious in that game. Like mm-hmm. once a couple guys started hitting, I think at one point, uh, until Mamadi hit a three or took a, uh, attempted a three, everyone who had attempted a three pointer had made at least one. And everyone who made a three pointer was shooting 50% or more for the day from three, which is. Incredible. I mean,
1: yeah. If if they're going to shoot like that, UEA is probably going to be any team. Um, and you saw some of the yeah. uh, converse of that in Durham, but we'll get to that in a second. But Matt, how yep. fun <laughs> was uh, that game to to sort of I don't know make a uh, a statement on the rivalry or the the uh, status of both those teams?
0: It's great to you know be able to get the pressure off by halftime on a Tech game. Right? <laughs> Um, but it, it, for me, it was the first game all year where the big three guys all played really well in the same game. And I think, you know, all that offense, you can talk about Kihei making some threes, Braxton making some threes, and everyone like that. But it all sort of flowed from DeAndre was finally really aggressive, which I know was something that we'd all been sort of wanting to see for a bit. Um, and he was able to do that with Kyle and Ty still shooting really well. And when those three can play really well, then, you know, we don't have a a fourth scorer particularly, which I still think is going to be an issue. Um, But when those three all play really well, it just makes the shots for the other guys so much easier that you can sort of manufacture or cobble together a fourth and fifth scoring option because the defense is so focused.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point on the fourth option. I think we've seen it come a few ways in these last three games too. I I think obviously the offense was completely different in Durham, both in quality of shooting, but also in the style that they were playing and really the the type of um, offense that they were running. And it has been uh, addressed by by a number of folks, but they had to switch And, and by Tony Bennett himself, by the way that Duke was covering UVA's standard offense, um, they they switched more into uh, just screen and screen and screen until hunter gets a good matchup and go from there um, I think key is is the key as we've made uh, that pun a, a million times at this <laughs> point but he, he or uh... Momity tend to Switch off. I don't know. Almost game by game, um, by who's going to uh, either score in the paint, which both of them do somewhat. Certainly, Momity, thats his focal point—and then Key, if he can hit those outside shots, because Key Hay hasn't shown the consistency to hit those shots. um, Though he had an awesome uh, shooting performance, I guess for Tech. I I think there is more fluidity there, and that's fine. Like it—it doesn't mean that the fourth scoring option needs to be the same guy it just means that there needs to be consistent production from those roles uh whether it's the same guy every time or not but uh, i think another thing to talk about about the tech game is that tech is small like we were saying beforehand and that really i don't know it came to pass and and, and it, it really came to pass in their game um that you would see that if blackshear gets it to some sort of trouble, whether it be fouls or, or just getting doubled and not being able to deal with it, uh, Tech is, is really going to struggle. He only had six points against UVA. Uh, he didn't attempt any free throws. You know, like they, they were just sort of letting him not produce. <laughs> and because Tech couldn't shoot uh, over the back line, uh, you saw your, your blow out there. I, I'm sort of curious about where you guys see Tech falling. Uh, in the conference or, or you know, is this something that's going to plague them?
0: I I think they're like the fifth or sixth best team in the conference. I think they're – I don't know if they're a good, bad team or a bad, good team, Uh, right? But They're one of those teams where they'll play really well at home. They'll take care of the Georgia Techs and the BCs and the Miamis on the road, Um, but they're not going to go into UVA or Carolina or Louisville or win those games. I think if you break down the conference, right, it's Duke and UVA at the top. Then you've probably got a second tier that's like Carolina and Louisville where maybe one of them could move up, but I think it's probably those two. And then you've got a middle of you know, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, NC State, um, and that's probably your seven that will get bids to the tournament unless Florida State um, turns it all around. <laughs> uh, and then ev- everyone else is just sort of a disaster. Right? <laughs> I think there's those seven. I could see you know maybe Louisville Tech somewhere like that fighting for that double buy. Um, but I don't think they're really a team that's that's going to pull off a a bunch of wins I I don't know what their schedule looks like though Uh
2: yeah and that's the thing that I was going to say is as much as we hate the unbalanced schedule talk because it is dumb like you play who's in front of you and you beat them and whatever else Um, but they have one of the more obviously they do have to play Virginia twice but for in the grand scheme of things, their schedule might be with them having some struggles, they could still finish top five, six. This is where I think that they'll finish too. The ones that confuse me the most are like the Louisvilles and the Syracuses of the world, Syracuse, obviously, um, and NC State. I think that'll be a really big game. We'll talk about games coming up next, later. But um, yeah, Tech has been top. I mean, they dominated Notre Dame. Really? That was the only non close conference game that Notre Dame had and they got destroyed.
0: Notre Dame is is terrible. Yeah. They're really bad. Yeah, I, I mean,
2: don't know I don't know that I agree with that. I, I, mean, I mean they have like injury issues, but like I mean more talent. along the lines of like their games have all been close. So like yeah their record is terrible, but like how do we judge how terrible they actually are? Because they're losing games by like three points, five points, two points in conference.
1: Yeah, but they, I mean, they haven't beat anyone but BC, who they beat by three, you know? <laughs> like, like I, they, they just don't have a, a resume that can say anything. Uh, and I think, well, if we're talking about the Irish, yeah, obviously the, the, the injury issues uh, are part of the reasoning for that. But they're they're not good unless you think Georgia tech and BC aren't that bad and, you know, they're all just sort of, and there's, I think an argument to be said that some of the ACC isn't as bad as, as we think. And, you know, it's all these okay teams, not awful teams, all sort of playing close games with each other, but.
0: Except wake wake is
1: awful. Wake wake is really bad. Um, So yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a second, but uh, let's talk about the Duke game for sure. I, you know, huge, National television game day, pretty lame game day experience from from what the I the worst. It, it, I don't know why they they seemed pretty bored. Um, in Durham, but uh, the the Blue Devils, you know, relied on their star players to. Win in ISO matchups and it worked for them enough, uh, to get the victory. I mean, the Who's shot pretty poorly, um, from three, particularly Ty and Kyle, um, couldn't throw in the ocean. Um, but you know, they were scoring in the paint. Everybody was, was getting, uh, some points in the paint. And I thought, you know, they played a B B minus B plus at time game and, still almost pulled it out against easily their best competition in the conference and one of the best teams in the country, you know, Virginia included. So my, my whole point being like, I'm not, uh, as we said, going into it, if they took care of business, elsewise wasn't going to be devastated if they don't uh, pull it out. Durham. And, they freaking covered you know <laughs> like they against a team with three lottery <laughs> yeah. draft picks on it i know trey jones isn't uh wasn't playing but I, I think it was a popular thing to float out there that maybe that actually helped duke particular to uva's strength uh to let rj barrett and zion uh just sort of iso uh dominate uh, as much as they could uh, and UVA still almost won. You know, they shoot a normal game. They probably win. Uh, but it was a weird second half for sure, I think. You know, there were a lot of bounces and, and almost plays, and and uh, I just – I don't have how much to take away from it that's disappointing other than it would have been fun to get that win. Yep. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I agree with that 100%, and it's um... – the biggest thing for me, when you look at playing the Virginia Tech game right before it and how they scored and how they were so red hot from three, last year things – I had to keep telling myself like, oh, man, they didn't shoot well and they lost a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the case because what I really, really liked about what they did offensively was they didn't force – they didn't stick to forcing a bunch of threes the threes that they took honestly were pretty good shots so like i would be i was happy with like probably 90 percent of the threes i saw them take because they were open like whatever um or off of good movement and duke did a really good job of disrupting like you said like they forced a lot of switches and they didn't give anyone really a good chance to like get super comfortable however virginia shot 78 percent from two like they changed up the game plan they took advantage of isos they had good ball movement like in the middle of the zone that they went to in the second half so like there's good stuff too when i look at oh man everyone says like there's no plan b for the offense like if things go wrong like tony bennett doesn't do anything to like switch it up but this is clear evidence that that's not the case with this team and that they can do other things and um, uh, it's, it was good to see that all those guys were able to take advantage of those those mismatches. And Key did a really good job getting to the line. Um, DeAndre did a great job picking apart his isolation. And once they got in the middle, Duke was playing that ole defense in the post. Like, So I'm not surprised we didn't shoot more free throws because Duke didn't challenge anything at the rim. They had one block. And Kyle almost turned it into a three. Mm-hmm. So... There was a lot to take away that was positive. Obviously, defensively, you try and figure out, like, okay, what can you do against a guy like Zion when he's going to barge into the middle and either finish through traffic or over traffic or get a foul foul called for barging through the middle. So, like, I don't know what you do there. Um, But I don't have – I know a big discussion was, like, why not play Jay Huff more down the stretch? But um, I think the offense wasn't the problem at that time the defense was and they could not get stopped. I think Duke scored on six of their last seven possessions or something like that. And no matter what people say, like Jack Salt is going to be the best option in that situation to try and get a stop. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I mostly agree. Right. I, I, I left that game. No one I know was really heartbroken about that loss. Right. Um, I, I think they're two completely different teams, but probably pretty evenly matched teams. You know, there are some things we didn't mm-hmm. do well. if you're, If you're Duke, you're saying that, you know, we couldn't make a free throw to save our lives. Um, You know, I I get both aspects of it. Um, And ultimately, I I think it's when it comes to Charlottesville, I think we'll probably win. And I think it'll be another close game. I think that's probably about right for these two. Um, If you wanted to be concerned about things, I would say three things that, that sort of worried me. We've talked a little bit about, you know, the offense being able to manufacture those twos. But there were a ton of possessions that felt like it was give the ball to DeAndre and get the hell out of the way um and he played amazing he played it's sort amazing. of a viable strategy though right <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah
2: i mean it is sort of
0: um but but it's not it's really much it's kind of bad.
2: what we have wanted him to do
0: yeah right yeah.
2: like didn't have we've been like asking them to do that and now that they did it for a game where that was what the defense was dictating we're like well they kind of just settled so, by giving it to Dre. It i get both like, sides yeah it
0: seems like there's one thing right there, like if he gets the ball with like 20 seconds left on the shot clock and he's driving and he sort of takes a shot at it that's cool right you because if it doesn't work, you can go into a different set. When he's getting it with six or seven seconds left, it's like, hey, he's got to go and force something now because we haven't been able to manufacture something. I think it's a slightly different concern. Um, the other aspect, obviously, RJ and Zion got anything they wanted, really. And that was weird. You know, I, I know that we've had seen the pack line broken down by individuals before, but usually it's a really quick guard that can get into the middle of the defense. So the, the guy I always remember was Seth Allen at Maryland and then at Tech, right, who was able to get past the first guy and collapse the defense and really cause a lot of issues. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him with, with a wing or, or with a, uh, a power forward who can't shoot threes. Um, and I don't really know what you do there because I felt like a lot of times the defense was fine and DeAndre can only guard one of those dudes. Um, so I, the hard thing there is maybe you just hope they play worse, but I don't know what the remedy is. Um, and then the third thing is that, like, Kihei is unplayable in that game. Like, I, I like Kihei, but he's he's not a threat on offense, and you need guys you can shoot, and there's no one for him to guard in that matchup. I thought he was just completely anonymous the entire time he was on the floor.
1: And, and maybe some of that ties into this idea that if Jones plays, it's actually a more favorable matchup Yeah, because they get to utilize yeah. Kihei. So, I mean, obviously, Jones' strengths uh, team – uh it has been well documented but i don't think he's the shooter that his brother was so i, I maybe we'll and see they the can't switch
2: one through five yeah they can't switch like one through five if they have trey out there too trey's the best defender but like it does create more matchup issues that are i, I don't know it's really stressful to say something like, like oh well if trey's in it'll be so much easier because he's the, by far their best defender And maybe there's more turnovers then instead of whatever. But I think just from a set defense standpoint, it does create a little bit more um, for Virginia offensively to like – or defensively to switch better and and matchups look a little bit better. But, yeah, I I agree with all that. Like, RJ and Zion just showed that they were the top two draft picks. And you get a couple – it was two, in my opinion, the two best teams in the country trading – Punches and counter punches, and Virginia didn't come up with a big shot down the stretch, and that was that. So, I i it was frustrating in the sense of like, oh, they didn't even play that great, and they still had a chance. So, if you hit two more of those three pointers, um, but overall, I think we can learn a lot, you can take a lot from it, and not get too down on like what that team just did. Yeah.
1: The last uh point I want to make about this game before we move on is that going into it, we saw Duke uh, really susceptible to giving up second chance points uh, against uh, FSU and Syracuse. It, it uh, looked like, uh, you know, the Who's the could have a, a real field day on uh, offensive rebounds. And I know UVA is not the team that crashes the boards with more than uh, one or two guys, if any, <laughs> on some plays. Um but it, was, it became a strength for Duke, actually, was, was the offensive rebounding and not as much for EVA. So uh, Duke did a good job there. Maybe some of that is by the nature of playing a bigger lineup and being a little more comfortable with that bigger lineup, having um, Jones uh, been out a little longer. Uh, I don't know. It will be something to look at uh, for rest, the rest of Duke's season and, and certainly the uh, uh, matchup charlottesville but uh, who wants to talk about the weirdest blowout i have ever sat through uh the wake force game (laughs) where fans were asleep uh the players were not asleep initially but i think there was some sleepiness there Uh, i think probably the the refs the coat the whole building everything was just groggy and weird and i hate it was
2: just weird
1: tuesdays I mean jumping out yeah. was a 25 to 3 run and just I've, you know everybody starts feeling bad for Wake Forest which uh, like I've said a few times you never ever feel bad for the other team until the game is over and I learned that lesson in that peach bowl yeah. when I was a little kid <laughs> And you just uh you know because they're gonna make their run and and I know they only wait thirteen or so is intended to be what they would cut it down to, and then UVA came back in the second half and and did enough I think to to keep it comfortable. What a weird game! What a weird game! Wake Forest so bad, but if you you know they're still basketball players, you start making a few threes in the row, you're gonna have a chance, right? And and I think that's largely yeah uh, what was happening. I don't know what were your takeaways, Darns. It
2: was a. It was a weird game. And yeah, I just don't know what else to, like, that's the most accurate description and everything you said with the 9 p.m. game. And the the flow was real weird. Um, a lot of strange whistles and weird breaks and stuff. But um, I've seen a lot of, like, consternation over this game, which is kind of weird to me. Maybe it's just, like, me in my old age being like, I remember in 2006 when we were happy to get any ACC win. Now we're out here complaining about 23-point ACC win. Um, cuz virginia started unbelievably hot which is great because we've definitely seen and talked a lot about slow starts and sluggish starts and you can't do this and um so i think the first few possessions was like Mommy dunk miss 3 by wake Mommy and one miss 3 by wake momady dunk miss 3 like hunter 3 wake timeout Uh So, like, Virginia did not miss. Those were, like, consecutive possessions. And so, to sit and think, like, so basically, they had a cavalanche to start the game and then just maintained the lead. So, like, you can't reasonably expect Virginia to shoot 100%, and you can't reasonably expect Wake Forest to shoot zero. So, those things were going to, like, correct themselves a little bit throughout. And there are things to be annoyed with where it's like, okay, some of those Plays were sloppy, or that was dumb, or like, hey, Ty Jerome missed a few threes here, like as well, and Dad didn't look sharp right after the Duke game. But to to sit and people, I saw people say like, well, if you take out that run, why would you take out the run? Right, right, like that's right, like right. it's part of the game. Right. It sets up the flow, and like they never got closer than thirteen. This if, is a if team that beat state, the And time. I know that they always against <laughs> state
1: yeah if if you ignore it doesn't all those, make
2: any sense like, all those times oh, they played oh, a the lot last... better
1: than they didn't always play a lot yeah better. You know, like, yeah i, I get it's it it's
2: so dumb i think if and you're going to like, nipping, well the last three quarters of the game they only won by one and i'm like well don't take out the quarter of the game where they won by 22. <laughs> yeah, You're not yeah. going to shoot 100% for the whole game. Well, I, mean, I think anyway. you, you
1: can nitpick that, that they still, uh, all in all, didn't shoot all that well. I mean, they they finished, uh, let's see, as a team 38.6 uh, from the floor, but also we saw ja- Guy and <laughs> Jerome both missing jumpers. Um, and, and, you know, Kyle went three for 10, Ty went four for 13. Uh, and it just, I think, probably continues a little bit of the, Uh uh-oh from the Duke game three-point shooting display. And so you're going, okay, well, that that carries over. But, you know, it's not like that's going to be a season-long thing, hopefully, knock on wood.
2: We also had five guys score double digits. Right, right, they didn't need it. Yeah, like five guys score double digits.
1: A top team in the country, and their stars aren't having a perfect night. Well, the the next couple guys are going to take care of it, you know.
2: Yeah, they still shot 33% from three, which was definitely way better than the last game. Um, some of the stuff was just like, you know, and it is nice to see. It's great to see Huff had another great game. And I think everyone's seeing more. He's doing really, I love, first, he's great to talk to. He's a fantastic interview. He's a really, really good kid. I really enjoy him. I I want him to be successful. Ah, uh, you can um, still see a few mistakes here and there on the defensive end.
1: Caroline, yeah, likes UVA especially when it and comes, he's a good kid. <laughs> Have there been any UVA basketball <laughs> players? Oh, he's
2: that, a great energy uh,
1: that you didn't root for. <laughs> like you know, I just feel for Austin
2: um, Nichols. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> he's, I, I think he's no,
2: and I wouldn't. Team. I wouldn't call him out anyway. No, I no. wouldn't call him out anyway. Um, but it's like. He screened our defenders like several times. Have you seen this? Like where he's like trying to switch and like gets in the way of the defender on the switch um, or on the screen. But anyway, it's really fun to see him doing stuff and like hitting some of those big threes and having a stretch where he comes in. And um, I don't know. That one's a real tough game to take stuff away for me because like they played well. There are things that they need to fix. And I think that's always good to have at this point in the season is there's still things that you need to fix. But the defense, there were a few plays where they just got like blown by, but the defense was hounding. They gave up 45 points and I'm like, oh, they let some guys score too easy. So like that, and I'm kind of like having a hard time. At, like, where do we, they destroyed them. They, they covered the game. They hit the uh, spread <laughs> before like the eight minute mark of the yep. first half was gone.
0: Yeah. I, I don't really think that you take much away from like the varsity scrimmaging the JV. Like (laughs) you don't, you don't learn anything from that game. When you go up 25 to three on a team, you know that you can sort of turn it on when you need to, right? It's natural to take your foot off the gas a little bit. And when they go and make their little run, you're just like, all right, fine. We're good. Um, We can, you know, come back, take that lead back up to 20 and the game's over. I, um, I didn't watch much of this game because it was blacked out in New York. So thanks for that. Um, But I, I just from following it, there's no part of this that I'm I'm really concerned about. I wish we got to play Wake again. This was fun. Um but yeah, I just like they are they're it's like Wake, Coppin State, and Morgan State are the worst teams we've played all year. Um and I I I, I don't know which order you put those three in. Um so yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what to do there.
2: Wake Wake is definitely the best of those three. Yeah. I think yeah. Wake would win win in a close one against both those teams. Uh,
1: but I mean they did beat uh NC State, you know, so the Deacons well I think we all sort of want them to be good. I don't know as as a lifelong ACC fan, I I like them more than I like the other Tobacco Road area teams. So it would be nice if Wake were good and competitive against them. And, and one I don't know. I mean,
0: really? Because like, I I just have like no opinion on. That. <laughs> it's like, I
2: like I like Wake. Yeah, they're, they seem they're nice.
0: They're fine. Uh, yeah. Sure, Winston-Salem <laughs> sucks. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's <laughs> like they like,
1: Before we get into the rest of the ACC, I do want one more point I want to talk about the Wake game is that Kihei got a little more um, of a, I guess, meaningful run. He actually played 18 minutes against Duke, but at Wake, uh, he played 17 minutes but collected four fouls. So, like, stuff was going on with Kihei. Uh, You know, I wouldn't say he played excellently, um, but some of the fouls, I I think he was just doing his thing and getting into Childress's. grill and they were calling fouls because of it which they weren't really doing when he was doing it to say Justin Robinson uh, you know you see what he brings in, in that uh, spunky uh, energetic uh, bulldog type of defense and sometimes it ends up with a stat line where you go over, for have a turnover 4 fouls <laughs> and no assist <laughs> but, but this isn't me condemning Kihei's play or anything I just think it's uh, sort of funny the the spark he can bring and uh, how that can look statistically uh, compared to when you're watching the game but you guys want to talk about the standings of the ACC uh, before we, we go into some preview because we do have State uh, coming up on the schedule for the Hoos uh, on the road right And uh, State has lost to Wake Forest
2: two, two road game
1: which is not good, um, but they've looked pretty good in some other games this year. I mean, they they lost to UNC. Uh, they won at Pitt, won, or won against Pitt, and won at Notre Dame. Uh, it beat Miami, who might actually be the worst team in the conference with all, is said and done, maybe if not for Wake Forest. It'll, I don't know really what to make of State, and I think a lot of that is because the middle of this acc uh, slate uh, are starting to c- collect some of those curious losses but also surprising wins and when that happens as you'll see in our power rankings coming out it's sort of hard to rank them and get a feel of of is there another <laughs> top team outside of duke and uva and you think where do you rank Louisville when they beat the breaks off North Carolina, but North Carolina might have an overall better um, perception or better collected ranking. You know, Syracuse goes into Durham and beats Duke, uh, but hasn't looked that good <laughs> for most of, uh, you know, their sleep. But they're 4-1 and in the conference with a loss to Georgia Tech, who looks largely terrible. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's the, the wheel of death that we see in the ACC Coastal football, um, among other times. I don't know really what to make of it. What do you guys think about the conference?
0: I, I think State and Tech are the same team. Right? <laughs> the teams that are really good at home and really bad on the road combined There. and on their home court and 3-5 and on the road. Um, So I think it's just you've got somewhat younger teams that like to run, haven't been used to being good, not quite used to going onto the road and and competing against really good teams. But when they're at home in front of their home fans, they can play really well. I mean, State's only home loss was to Carolina, and that game was close for pretty much all of the game. Uh-huh. Um so you know I I think that game ends up being a win for Virginia but I think that game is probably close just cuz it's at state. Yeah definitely. Uh, and and Keats is a really good coach. Um and I I think has been since like UNC Wilmington when we almost lost that game. You know
1: uh, everyone says that and I'm just looking for evidence you don't buy it. of it. I don't buy it. I, I nothing against the guy and I said it once in the Power Rankings article and some paw pride folks took issue with my my tone but w- what has keats done that has shown he's a really good coach
0: imagine that you went from mark gottfried to okay okay fair. Right? Like you, yeah. you gotta put it somewhat in perspective yeah um, but I mean, you know we'll we'll see right nc state's got some real games coming up they they play us they play tech uh they go to louisville um i think they, they're they're at louisville tonight actually right that'll be a big test of those two and where they sort yeah of so that's what i just made the jury's out on that but. yeah that's fair caroline what are you thinking
2: i about? think he's trending he's trending in the right direction i think he is a good coach and i think that's just from i like what he's done or what it feels like the vibe and the um feeling is around the team now from a team like this is a team that has like a lot of pride will pack pride has a lot of pride, has a lot of little brother syndrome with the other two in the area. And as a, you know, child of two NC State grads, like I've grown up, like Carolina is the devil. Like there's a lot of like little sibling stuff there. And neither one of those two teams in Duke and Carolina looks at state like a rival. And I think what he's done is made them more formidable opponent. And I think they are a good team this year but they still have some growing pain issues specifically with like turnovers and stuff like that I think that they have a chance of being that fourth best team I think Louisville and state will probably fight for that fourth double bye. I'm slowing my talking because then I'm like stupid Syracuse (laughs) I'm like stupid tech so I think that the the ACC is just what it normally is like it's just kind of like is this team good? And you're absolutely right where there's going to be, like Syracuse is the perfect example with that whole Duke win Georgia tech loss. Like it's inexplicable. You don't know like what's going on, but every game tends to be pretty fun. So, you know, Virginia before they even get to go and they two road games in a row here with Notre Dame and state, I get always nervous for Notre Dame. They have like five and a half people right now that are like eligible, like not hurt. It's just like Miami, Miami, Notre Dame have had games. bad injury issues. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's true. And they, you know, Notre Dame isn't, doesn't have, you know, eighties villain Rex Pfluger, um, <laughs> because he tore an ACL and he's out for the season, but they have these guys like Mooney, Like Mooney gives me nightmares. Like this could be a big Jack salt game because it's like a big slower white guy in the, in the post. I'm like, Every yeah. Is Jack's like gonna so, have a great okay. game. We're gonna beat Notre um, by 15. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: probably yeah. yeah, yeah no, and I very... think
2: that, that that's probably accurate. Um, but I, I I look at the fact like, yes, they they're whatever one in five right now. Um, and, but their their games have been very close, so I, I hesitate to be like they're trash. Like they've they hung with North Carolina stuff like that. So I think both of these games will be very interesting, and both of them. Sh- should be ones that Virginia wins by double digits, um, like comfortably in the second half, but it's still the ACC on the road. So I'm like, who knows what? No, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you wonder if the Wolfpack can shoot um, enough yeah. to, to keep a minute. Uh...
0: Yeah, I don't know if we'll beat NC State by double digits. I, I think that game probably is close. Maybe you pull away a bit late. I mean, the real winner in this is a guy like Ben Swain, right? He gets both of his teams fighting for double buys, the school that he actually went to and the school that he went to basketball camp at. Um, so that's an important factor. Uh, you got, there's, I'm there's only just lightly
1: familiar with that dig, but... There's just I'll a like lot it. of happy...
0: You know, he's, he's got two diplomas on the wall. His undergrad diploma and his diploma from Coach K's basketball camp. So, <laughs> so you know, there's there's just a lot of happiness in the triangle right now. All
1: right. So did he go to state? Is that what that... For,
0: yeah, he went uh, to there's state, like, but... but but he, but he also went to the Coach K basketball. Of course, camp, man. That's of course. What he, hey, yeah. Oh my God! You got to learn from us, um, the... right? That that coaching tree is great. Johnny <laughs> Dawg, Greg paulus doing great. Hey, Pitt, Pitt is is uh, capable. Yeah, until Jeff people play. get sanctioned again. Yeah, well
2: they're dropping bags. Did you see though the, yeah. – Did you see the moment where he flipped out? You could see the realization Dude. on Capel's face when okay. they played Duke, where he was like. Holy shit! I don't get these calls anymore. <laughs> and he I mean, lost his mind at the refs, and when he got teed up, where he's like, you could see that moment of like, oh, this is what everybody meant, yeah. <laughs> like when did they anyone, said we get all the calls. <laughs> did
1: anyone find out what um, Danny Manning did to get teed up? I mean, obviously he said something, but to what degree? No. Where. Uh, that was the one of the weirder technical foul calls I've seen because it wasn't like folks weren't paying attention. I mean, the ball was right in front of him, and he was standing right there. And you know, you would have caught some sort of if he was gesticulating wildly or, or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I, he
2: I've never seen I've never seen a technical where it was during play when your team had the ball. Like They were dribbling on offense. His player was dribbling on offense. Tons of time left on the shot clock. And all of a sudden they blew the whistle to tee him up. Kyle shoots two free throws, gets points 999 and 1000, and then they give the ball back to Wake Forest for like 20 more seconds on the shot clock. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen like that.
1: Continuing with that theme of that whole game was very strange. But uh, before we close up, I do want to bring back uh, an old segment uh, of Defend Yourself now that we're really getting into the uh, the heat of our, our power rankings and the ACC slate. And, Caroline, I just got to know, how do you have NC State over Louisville? That That's point one I want to go into. And then I'll, I'll declare why uh, bringing up their results louisville is four and one in acc play with a three-point loss on the road to Pitt. uh there are other losses for the year perfectly explainable you know they haven't had uh any like major upsets they got blown out against kentucky um and, and you know lost to tennessee like everybody else and things like that so road road mm-hmm. loss pit beat the breaks off carolina and chapel hill uh team that beat state by yeah. eight and states also lost to Wake Forest. Lost to Wake Forest. <laughs> that's that's the point I want to hit. Oh my Now I will preface if you guys are going to, to the <laughs> podcast and defend yourself and, and and being cranky about power rankings. I do also think none of this matters. So <laughs> let, let me throw that out there. But I, I am curious uh, as to what exactly um, the, the the reasoning is there for that. So defend yourself. <laughs>
2: I think maybe more of just a coin toss. I looked at them and I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were saying and earlier. was like, I need to get this done. Yeah. And you look at it and I think I'm really excited for that game tonight. And obviously this, is, the game will have already happened. Like by the time people listen to this, but, um, that's the stuff where I'm like college football for or college basketball for me is like my favorite, yeah. um, because i'm like i am stoked to watch these two teams play tonight and i'm gonna enjoy the hell of it so i wish i had a better answer but it just kind of was like uh ah, Steve's okay, been well, playing pretty well ah, louisville's been I playing pretty know, well uh, we'll just hands put, hands put hands them in there
1: <laughs> okay well, all right matt your turn yeah um, but much. both of you actually um have unc over louisville um matt did you not watch UNC Louisville? Is this just a, a whole resume? Doesn't it's more important than the head-to-head matchup? But they—it it wasn't just a one head-to-head result. They—they they destroyed them. <laughs> they, like, please explain.
0: I, yeah, I mean that game was ridiculous. But I, I just think Carolina has an overall better resume, right? They've—they've they've beaten. I, I didn't take this as ACC rankings as much as just rankings of teams sure. in the sure. ACC right? Carolina's beaten Gonzaga. They beat state on the road. They crushed tech. Right. I, I think they've been the more consistently dangerous team. Uh-huh. Um, and Louisville just had a great game. that day. I think I've, I've got Louisville fourth. I think they're in the same tier. Um, but I, I think if you had to guess which team is going to come in third in the ACC, you'd bet a lot on Carolina.
1: All right. Well, that, that well explained uh, for sure. So darns, we're going to kick it back for your redemption. Uh, why do you have Duke over UVA?
2: Um, I think when you watch those two games that I, I, watching right now with Zion and RJ, um, they just looked like, I think they're the number one team right now with a very, very close Virginia close second. And I'm putting Tennessee third after their highway robbery last night in uh, Vanderbilt
1: <laughs> absolutely but I'm just saying Duke didn't cover against the Hoos and dropped a home game to unranked
2: I, you game. dude I don't know anything about gambling so when like it's well, talking about covering I'm like good, oh no um, the team thing started. with the Syracuse game is like <laughs> the thing with the Syracuse game is like they lost Trey Jones in the middle, and as a fan base, like we should be the last people to say, like, we understand the impact losing one star, one player can have with DeAndre. Like and That's what's funny to me, because I do think DeAndre not playing last year was a huge impact on that UMBC game, and so we can't naturally sit here and be like, okay, if you lose someone in the middle of the game mm. and ha- they do have the three best players in the country, <laughs> you know, like, they should have won that game, but I'm more willing to because they came out with such a better game plan for the Virginia game after losing Trey, like, I give Coach K the credit he has earned as, like, one of the best coaches in the country, if not the best right now, sure. Um, for for figuring out a way to, to use those one and two picks in the tr- – every time I, like, start saying it out loud, I'm like, what am I talking about? Of course they should win. They have the best two players right. in the country. No one um, feels bad for Duke. I, I think yeah. – i thought about people yeah i don't feel bad for you i thought about keeping virginia up there um because i just think with their win over us was about as equivalent as like us ass kicking virginia tech so I-, I just gave them the edge because they they got the better of us that day
1: uh, see you know i'll defend myself you ex- expertly defended by the way um but I, I still have UVA ahead because of how close that Duke game was, you know. I th- and, and I think, it, in my mind, I'm just sort of going back to what we were saying about the Duke game: is that the UVA looked decent in a night where they actually didn't shoot as well as they usually do, uh, and don't yeah. have any That's other blemishes. Too. Where Duke has this blemish against Syracuse context, regardless, uh, you know, of losing a player like that. True. So-
2: That's true.
1: I'm going to need Duke to continue to be Duke and UVA to probably slip up um, before I switch them until we get into that Charlottesville game. And if Duke wins there, you know, you beat them twice. That yeah, sure, that, that, that's good enough for me. Uh, yeah,
2: that's but,
1: fair. Yeah, Matt, any parting thoughts on the uh, top teams?
0: Tennessee sucks. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Grant
0: Williams kid's pretty good. It was, it was a weird thing last night with two seconds left in that Vanderbilt game where they decided that. 1.3 seconds had paused on the clock for too long, yeah. and so instead of taking the time off, they added it back on, and no one fucking questioned that. It was so dumb. <laughs> the time should come it was off. was so and dumb. Nobody, nobody said anything. I, um, I I wasn't watching, but Tennessee is awful. I mean the the four top teams are using Gonzaga and Michigan State. They're SEC good. <laughs> yeah, all I mean, right, sure, that's fine. But that's funny that,
1: that you give Gonzaga so much credence. I mean, obviously they they have. Uh, the win over Duke to point towards, but.
0: I mean, I think they're only lost to Carolina. They've they beaten Duke. They just seem, it, it's tough with them, right? You never know how good they are. Right. They really. But they, they strike me as a really good team. And they're, the teams that they're playing, they're just beating the living hell out of. Um, yeah. So it's not like they're winning close games. because they get winning,
2: to play Wake every week.
0: <laughs> wake would come in seventh in the West Coast Conference. Um, it's, <laughs> That's it's, probably true, if Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Danny Manning's gonna be on Duke's bench in five years. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I would love to get Tennessee in the tournament. That'd be fine.
1: All right. I'd rather play them. Uh, the Michigan State. Uh, that is for damn sure. But uh, Great. yeah, plenty coming up on the blog uh, again. Uh, road games with Notre Dame and uh, NC State on the next slate for the Hoos. So stay tuned to StreakingTheLine uh, for some. Uh, More previews of that stuff. It will be next week uh, back at the podcast to talk about it. So, till then, for everybody else, uh, go who's.
0: The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier. Registered trademarks of Harmon International Industries Incorporated.